Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, highlighting the latest construction technology and trends to drive your business forward. Coming up in March of 2020, ConExpo ConAg is North America's largest construction trade show. We bring you expert advice from your favorite brands, startups, and industry peers. And for even more news, sign up for our weekly 365 e-newsletter at conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. We've got another great guest on the show today, so let's dig in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio. I'm your host, Missy Sherber, and I'm thrilled to introduce a new segment on the podcast called Contractor Conversations. Every month, I'll be talking to your favorite contractors around the country about their projects, workforce development, technology, and of course, equipment. I hope these conversations give you the expertise and support that you need to thrive in the daily work that you do. For those of you that don't know me, I'm a contractor based in Minnesota, and I own a demolition and excavating company alongside my husband, Trevor. I'm passionate about our industry, and I want to recognize all the hard work that you do every day to build our world. I truly believe that ConExpo ConAg is the event where the construction community can come together and belong, and I sure hope you'll join me and my guests at the show in Las Vegas in March of 2020. Now, please stay connected with me on Instagram, where you can join the conversation and stay up to date on all the exciting things that are happening at the show that you won't want to miss. Now, let's get started with today's episode. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. You bet. Thanks for the call. I'm <laughs> looking forward to it. <laughs> Thanks for taking a true break off-site, hopping in the truck, and having a conversation with us. We really appreciate it. Well, it's not very often this gets to happen, so I guess we'll make it happen. <laughs> we'll I... make a break happen. <laughs> so right. I know a majority of this audience knows you on social media as an excavation contractor that has been in business for over two decades in northern Utah. But just in case we have any listeners that have not connected with you yet, which they should, tell us a little bit more about your business, your company Rock Structures, and how you got into the construction business. Well, just to kind of give you a little background, uh, my, my dad has moved oversized loads and heavy equipment since before I was born. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I've I've kind of been into it for a while. Yeah. Um, I used to go with my dad to go move tractors um, during the summer and on the weekends. I'd go to the yard where where he used to be employed at and we would wash tractors on the weekend. Awesome. Sometimes after school. Um, But that's kind of what got me into the whole thing. Okay. They wanted me to be part of the of the family business and, and be in the transportation business with, with my brother and my brother-in-law and my dad. And I just, I didn't have any, any good feelings about it. So I decided to up and leave California and move to Utah. And so <laughs> that's kind of where I got my, my feet wet with uh, the whole excavation thing. I came up here in Utah and, and worked for an excavation company and figured out that I really liked it. Oh, awesome. And so, so you kind of grew so up around the for- transportation industry you were around the equipment, but hadn't really been around the excavation side of the business until you moved to Utah. Yeah, exactly. I had been around the, the transportation stuff for a long time, and I'd got my feet wet in like a loader and a, a little bit in a dozer, but had never run an excavator. So when I moved to Utah back in 94, I went to work for an excavation company and realized how much I liked doing what I was doing and, and seeing the changes that we would make and yeah, just being out being outside every day and have something new to do every day. Kind of a change of scenery 
if you would, for yeah. us every day. From what you were used to. And was it love at first sight when you hopped in the excavator? <laughs> you know, honestly, I was a little intimidated by it because of all the things that it could do. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But really, after I kind of got the feel for it, I, I started liking it. And yeah. Realizing that it's actually kind of a cool thing to run because you can, you can do so many things with them. Absolutely. But, you know, getting back to the business, I uh, I started Rock Structures back in March of 97 and just started out just with an excavator and and uh, and me and one other guy. And then we grew it that year to uh, to a skid loader and an excavator and then just kind of went from there. And the following year, I ended up buying another excavator and uh, just kind of going going from there and just kind of building my building my my clientele and my business and my customers um they had a lot of faith in me especially being as young as i was yeah but i came in and, and did them a good job and was efficient and was quick and kind of watched out for their bottom line and okay and made sure that when i was done with the job it was clean and it was done it was done right that's what helped me get the repeat business okay so, like, I've got a customer we do a lot of work for still to this day. And wow. He's He's been with me. I've, I've done his excavation work since, I think the first job I did for him was in uh, October of 1997. Oh, wow. And you're still working with him today. That says so much about the quality of what you're doing. That's amazing. Thanks. Yeah, so, it says a lot, a lot about our relationship as well. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me about the transition, because from what I hear you saying, 94, you were working for an excavation company. Just within a few years later, you were starting your own business. Tell me about that transition or that motivation or kind of what was going through your mind when you made that decision to start um, your own business, start Rock Structures Up. Well, quite honestly, I, I, I took and was working for this guy and and doing him a good job, and I was young, and uh, we were we were just going to town and doing work. And I started out as a laborer, and I didn't know anything. And <laughs> it, we had a we had a lot of turnover in the company, and yeah. And so I was I was always there to help the guys get their work done. And next thing I knew, I was um, I was told, "Hey, you got to get in that excavator and and finish this job." And, you know, it was it was interesting because the guys that I worked with, they actually, they would come to work late, and so I would get in the machine and I would I would grease it, and that's kind of how I learned how the controls ran. Okay. But I would grease it and I would move it around, or I would take it over to to get started. And if the guys didn't get there until nine or ten o'clock in the morning, I'd be like, you know what, I'm on the clock, so I may as well start doing Let's something. Let's go. <laughs> but, yeah, and, and so I, I kind of taught myself how to how to run the equipment, and I was, wow. you know, I I watched guys how they run it, and watched what they did, and so I kind of, you know, would keep the ball rolling, or they'd take a long lunch, and I would get back from lunch and sit there for ten or fifteen minutes, and I would start doing things, and eventually I was I was teaching myself how to do their job. Wow! And so that's how I kind of worked into into the seat more or less was because I was, I was presented the opportunity by these guys that were working, but not really coming to work and doing their job. And so I, 
I was given that opportunity by them, which was kind of nice. Yep. And then I would take and do the work that needed to be done. And then eventually they would all quit or they would get fired. And so I was the one who was right there to pick up the pieces. And yeah, I guess it's, it's all about timing really. Yep. Um, they say that if you're in the right place at the right time, you can, you can get a lot of stuff done or a lot of, lots of accomplish, or you can move up the ladder or whatever, you know, that's kind of what happened with me. And so I went from being a laborer to his lead operator in, in less than three years. Wow. And he put a lot of faith in me. And, and quite honestly, I, I kind of have a, a salesman type of personality. <laughs> so a lot of the work that I was doing for him was actually work that I had got because I would, I would stay late being young and ambitious, I would stay late on a job and I would be in a new subdivision. Yep. And people would come home from work at four or five o'clock and I was there till six, seven, eight o'clock at night. Wow. And people would see that and I would notice that they needed something done or they needed a rock wall done or they needed some dirt moved or whatever, their yard graded. So I would just go over and talk to them. And that kind of started my whole entrepreneurship kind of a thing. And yeah. I got to the point where I would I would keep myself busy working for him. And then because I was young, I didn't have a family and so I had a lot of spare time, so to speak, in the evenings, I would I would actually go over to his house and I would sit there and do billing and have dinner with him and his wife. Yeah, and I bet you learned little, so much there. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I did learn a lot and they had, he had a couple of boys that now are in, involved in his business and they were just little guys. And one guy was running around in diapers and, you know, it was, it was, it was a good time for me because he kind of took me in and, and taught me a lot of things and, and he allowed me to learn a lot of things. And, and so that's kind of how things started. And I'd start doing stuff for contractors. I'd get into a subdivision and I'd have a contractor. I'd call him and say, Hey, you guys need some dirt. I got some dirt here. And yep. next thing you know, it just kind of blossomed into something to where really, um, when I started my business, I really, I had already had my own clientele built up. Wow. That's awesome. And, and I just, and I just told them, you know, my, my, my customer just says, Hey, if I start my own business, you know, I don't want you to feel like you're obligated to go, you know, to use me for your work because, you know, I'm doing your work right now as this other company. And they said, no, we, we use that other company because of you. Oh, so, wow. So that was a sign right we, there. <laughs> yeah. That was a big sign, a big push for me to, okay, let's, let's, let's maybe this. look into this. And then, and then I took and went down and talked to the local Caterpillar dealer here and talked to them about things. And, and at the time they had a pretty good deal going for, somebody like me and so that's how I how I went ahead and started renting things and I did a, a 315L um, back in 97 was my very first machine and I did it on a on a 10 month RPO. Wow we love our 315. <laughs> yeah. Good old well, trusty huh? They're, yeah they're really good machines. Yeah. And so I, I took him that's the way I started and did 10 months rental. And at the end of 10 months, I said, you know what, I'm going to buy this thing and wow. keep going. And so that's how we, that's, that's how I started the business, starting the business. 
Yeah. Uh, that's just so great. And I, you hit like some really important points here. And I'm sure you get this on social media and direct messages, operators that are, or laborers asking, how do we become an operator? And I love for you, the way you got your seat time was taking initiative and being on time and being early and just hopping in and learning. I mean, that's amazing. Being on time will pave the path to being an operator. <laughs> it, it is so true, Misty. And just desire. Desire yeah. and determination. Well, you know, and like a lot of times, I'll, I'll get guys who want to come work, and they'll come work, and they'll pick up a shovel. It's almost like they've never touched a shovel in their lives before, but they <laughs> want to do this kind of work. It's like, hey, wait a minute. If if you don't know how to work a shovel, you you probably shouldn't be looking at this line of work for a career. <laughs> and, Great advice. And it's really, yeah, it's really funny. I, I even get guys that come to work that, they have this experience running machines, but I put them on the ground and they're anywhere from 19 to, to 25 and they had no idea how to do the ground game. Yeah. That is so valuable and so important. Absolutely. In line of work. Well, it's where you learn. And, and I, I love that you watched and took initiative and said, I'm down in this ground. I'm, I'm doing something here with that desire, which is amazing. Yeah. And I just, I tell guys all the time, you know, hey, if you don't know how to do the groundwork, you really shouldn't be in a machine because if you can't do the groundwork, then you can't make it easy for the ground guys to do their job. Oh, interesting. And they don't like that. Yeah. They don't like to hear that. Well, I love that you're shining a light on that subject because I think it's it's so often asked, at least to Trevor and I, and I'm sure to you, that I love that you're bringing value to the groundwork and being the laborer and being, you know, a master of that to really get to the next step. So I, I appreciate that. And, and I just love that you really had the clients. So that supported you just getting started on your own um, with a great first machine. Now, with that said, was it, it sounds like you just had a great path to success and that came with a lot of determination and just focus. Was there ever a time where you wanted to give up in business? Because you've been in business for over two decades is there ever a time you wanted to give up, and what's kept you going, if you've ever experienced that? Yeah, there's there's been a lot of times where I want to give up. There's, <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, there's there's days where you're just like, man, this is this really worth it? Is this really what I want to do for the rest of my life? And, Definitely. You know, when you when you stop and think about, you know, the the satisfaction that you get out of out of making a customer happy or your guys going out and doing a good job and, and, you know, doing it within a, a, a certain time frame, and, you know, you're getting phone calls or notes from, from your customers telling, telling you how good of a job your guys did or, mm -hmm. or, Hey, we really appreciate everything you guys have done or, you know, that, that's when it's, that's when it's great. But yeah, yeah there's, there's days where you just want to give up a hundred percent back when the economy turned and the whole nation was going through a downturn back yeah. in, in 08, 09, 10. Yep. I went from 43 employees and I think we had 23, 23 pieces of equipment, 13, 13 uh, work vehicles. And I think we had 11 crews going, you know, and, and I went from all of that down to three guys. Yeah. And three pieces of equipment running, and it was all we could do to keep our, our head afloat. Yeah, but you kept but, going, which is amazing. Yeah, and when you have 14 years of, of your name being out there, 
you know, you, you tend to, you tend to know who has your back and who doesn't have your back. And right. so, you know, I just made some phone calls and talked to some people and we, we were able to, to stay steady through that, through that downturn. I think in 2009, I had five excavators going of my seven and we just kept rolling. And then 2010, I think I had two excavators going, but we stayed busy and we just downsized and we just stayed lean. You downsized, but kept going. That was kind of, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was, that was the only way we could take care of our customers and, yeah. and do them a good job. But that was when I wanted to give up for sure. Okay. And then 2010 rolled around. like, you know what? I don't have a choice. I got to make this work. I got all these customers. I got my family. I got my home, I got payment. I just got to stay on top of it and just got to pull through this. But yeah, ever since then, there's been times where still you, you still want to give up, you know, a good employee leaves you and you're like, dude, are you kidding me? Now I got to go through this whole process again. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. That's a fun one. <laughs> that's, that's not the fun one. I'm kidding. <laughs> We're experiencing that right now. And it's like, oh boy. Okay. Back to the drawing board. But I just, I love that you kept going and that you had motivation there. And I really like that you're inspired to keep going just for your customer, not just your family and your guys, but also your customer. I think that really says a lot about you as a business owner. Um, well. <laughs> so let's transition into talking about business and industry outlook. And, and I really like to talk about this because I know we do have a lot of listeners out there that um, own their own businesses or are aspiring to do that. What would you say are the biggest challenges you're facing as a business owner right now? And how have they changed from 10 years ago? You know, honestly, 10 years ago, you could find a good set of guys that wanted to work and that wanted to do a good job. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, you know, you hear that term millennial. <laughs> well, I think, I personally think that it's just, a word that is catchy and people like to say right? because there's, there's people from every different generation that is lazy or that doesn't, doesn't want to do their job. That's it's 100 not just a millennial true. thing. Right. It's, 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 it's across the board and it, it comes in all generations, no matter what it is. But you know, nowadays it, it is definitely harder to find good people that want to work and they aren't afraid to pick up a shovel and actually work that shovel. Yeah. But when you stop and think about it, you know, yeah, these kids want to learn and they want to know how to do this line of work. But really when it comes down to it, at least where I'm at and what I see is everybody wants to run a tractor, but nobody wants to do the work that is involved outside of the tractor. And so when you get that going where you have somebody who knows how to run a tractor, but they don't know how to do the groundwork. Yeah. They're almost, they're almost in a sense, not a valued employee because they can't do the entire job that you need to have them do. Right. So you're saying but, they're a much more valuable staff member when they can do the groundwork and run the machine. Oh yeah. When, when they can, when they can run the machine and do the groundwork that needs to be done and they're not afraid to do it. Yeah. That's where the big disconnect 
comes in, I think, with, with kids nowadays. Is, you know, I'll get guys that are 19, 20, 21, 22 that know how to run a machine, but they don't know how to do the work that needs to be done, or they don't know how to run a crew. Yeah. Like, you, get, you give them two or three guys, and they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So that you're yeah. saying kind of workforce is is been your biggest challenge, kind of workforce development, which I think is a great word because you have to develop that workforce once you get them, that that has been your biggest challenge compared to 10 years ago. That's huge. Okay. And it sounds like a consistent piece of wisdom you're giving here is the groundwork. Find guys who are willing to do the groundwork. That'll lead into the machine. That will help develop you as a member of the workforce if you want to be in this industry, which I think is great advice. Yeah, thanks. That's that's what I think is if, you know, I started out on the ground and I learned a lot of things just by being on the ground and, and, and seeing how things were done and, and, the, and the operator telling me what to do. And yep. I was totally good with that. Yep. But which nowadays is- the kids, you know, no, nobody wants that delayed gratification, right? right. Everybody wants in, instant gratification. And, you know, people aren't willing to really work for what, you know, what they, what they get nowadays. And right. That's, that's, that's a problem that, that as a society as a whole, I think has, has come up with, you know, if you want something, just go buy it. Or if you want something, my parents to go buy it for me yep. or, you know, or I'll, I'll take out, uh, I'll sit, I'll go sit on the couch and collect unemployment. You know, that's, <laughs> that's definitely not the answer. If you can't get anywhere in life doing right, that. Right. So running machines not, is not going to, to, to the drive through at McDonald's is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, don't go to McDonald's. Don't drive go to through. McDonald's drive-through <laughs> if you want to run a machine. So here, on a positive note, what do you see as the biggest growth opportunity for your business in the coming years? You know, honestly, technology. Awesome. And technology is going to be huge. It's it's already come a long ways. It's in the last you know three four years, and now with some of these excavators being able to be um, semi-autonomous. Yes. I mean, that, that is huge. And that, and that will continue to be a big thing for the industry. You know, you got these dozers out there and you got these motor graders out there that are, they're, they're run pretty much by the operator. You click a button and they go to automatic. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Go forward and backward. Yep. And that's impressive. That's extremely (laughs) impressive. And to get it, to get it so close to grade, that's pretty amazing. So for me, um, as far as growth opportunity goes, I think that the technology thing, I've already got a machine with 2D and I've got another machine with 3D. And I think that that's where it's going to go. Yep. And I think the tilt rotators um, coming to the market, I think that's going to be something that a lot of people are going to be very, very, very interested in. Yeah. Um, and I think they're going to continue to grow here in North America. So between the tilt rotators and the technology, um, I think that's the biggest growth that you're going to see right there. And for us, it doesn't really mean less jobs. It just means more potential to be able to get more work done. Okay. Whether it be 
on the same job site or at a different job site, but that's where my growth is going to come in yep. over the next few years. We're still going to be able to do the same amount of work, um, only we're going to be able to do it faster and more efficiently, yep. and we're going to be able to take care of our customers in more ways than we've been able to do in the past. That's awesome. And and I think I love that you're really sharing that on social media, that you're not just saying technology, the tilt rotators are are important. You're showing us how and why, which which has been just phenomenal to watch you um, on Instagram do that. So thank you for educating us so well on social. <laughs> um, well, with that being said, because you kind of let us right into the conversation that I knew we were going to have is about technology. And I'm just curious, and I know a lot of listeners are, what piece of equipment and what piece of technology have been crucial for your business, which you just kind of hit on? You know, honestly, I think the single most uh, effective piece of technology that I have come across in the 22 years of being in business uh, is, quite honestly, the Trimble Earthworks, yeah. the, mach- the machine guidance stuff, and not just the automatic stuff, but just mostly the uh, the guidance and being able to have that guidance right there in your cab with you. Right. I've dug basements and done stuff like that for, for years, ever since I started, since before I started. And I had the mindset to where if it's six o'clock and I can get the job done in another hour and I got to stay till seven, but it's getting dark, I'm going to try and stay and get it done. But if it's getting dark, I have a hard time grading and seeing great. Right. And one thing I noticed after I put my first Trimble system on, which is called a GCS Flex system, after I put that on, I was one night I had to get a job done because I had to do footings the next day. So I'm working away at it and it gets dark on me and I didn't realize it, but with having that display in the cab and having it beep at me like, the grade rod is right in my cab with me. Wow. You got that la- you got that laser catch just going and you can hear it beeping. And quite honestly, I almost felt like I could do it blindfolded. Wow. Because I have that, that buzzer beeping at me. Yep. And, and kind of so, guiding you. Yeah. And so at, at that moment I realized, you know what? This is this is gonna change things tremendously. Right. And you know, you can get into this stuff at an entry level cost pretty pretty well, pretty reasonably. And I thought to myself, you know what? If I can dig a basement by myself and I can have my would-be grade checker take the skid loader and go do a final grade or go do a concrete prep, then he's generating revenue right? as well as, well as myself. And then if he doesn't have a final grade to go do a concrete prep to go do, then if he can go help another crew to make them more efficient, it's a better situation all around for everybody involved. Absolutely. So, so for me, quite honestly, the, the the Trimble machine guidance stuff, being able to have the laser right there in the machine, in the cab with you, whether it be GCS Flex, Earthworks 2D or Earthworks 3D, that's been the biggest, the biggest asset for me. Yeah that I've ever come across. And I love that you're transitioning the conversation from, is all this technology going to replace people? And you're saying, no, it's, it's going to help people and it's going to help, you know, the ground guys be able to go out and do more work, more efficient work. Um, 
And I love, I love that. So what about equipment? We got to know what piece of equipment has been crucial for your business. You know, for us, it's an excavator. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> what, what, what we do day in and day out with the type of work we do, digging a basement, running a sewer, a water, a land drain lateral, you know, going out in the street and catching off the main line and coming in. For, for us, we can't do without an excavator. Yeah. Um, an ex- excavator and a skid loader are crucial for what we do. Mm-hmm. And a loader, a loader is very important as well. Yeah. Definitely. I think we're, we we feel the same way with the line of work that we do. And, and there you are back with your excavator that you loved at the start of your career. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That, it, it's kind of funny how, how things kind of come full circle. Yeah. So it sounds like the biggest game changer you're foreseeing in the industry is technology. What advice would you give to other contractors when it, you know, let's say it's it's their first go at it and hopefully they're going to the show to experience it but what advice would you give when it comes to investing in technology what have you learned you know if it was me i would invest in the earthworks platform and quite honestly you can get into the gcs flex system for oh i don't know 12 to fifteen thousand dollars, but it's not as good it doesn't have as many things offered as what the earthworks does but to get into the earthworks, you're going to be twenty to twenty-five, twenty-eight thousand dollars is my guess, depending on where you're at. Yeah. But that, when you stop and think about it, just that investment right there, with the, the amount of production that it helps you with, you can pay for that system. Some guys will pay for it in a couple months. Some guys will pay for it in, in a year. Just with the increased the productivity, is what you're saying. Yes. Awesome. Yep. Well, that's so great to and hear. And to get that kind of a production out of something that's that reasonably priced, that's just phenomenal. Awesome. So that's why that's you'd why recommend me, starting there with the Earthworks platform. Yeah. When it comes then, to investing. I, I guarantee that once you go to the 2D, you're going to want more. <laughs> and that's where the 3D comes into play. The 3D really enhances everything when you're working on a hillside on a sloping lot you know like some of these hillsides we work on they have 15 18 feet of, of slope from front to back or from side to side and when you're digging a basement you have to keep yourself level right so when you go to dig yourself down or fill out dirt behind you, you all of a sudden now you've covered your stakes and you can't you don't know where your stakes are anymore or it takes a lot of effort to dig around your stakes and get yourself level. But with that, with the 3D, you more or less have the plan right in front of you on that nice big screen. Which is so helpful. And and really that's probably helpful from a customer service perspective as well, because you're just, you see everything, you know, everything you're able to perform at, at peak capacity for your customers. You can go right through and cut everything right to grade and, you know, then you can you can know exactly where you're at on the screen because it shows your machine, it shows your house, and it, it even shows you where your bucket is at in relation to where the foundation wall is at. Right. So you don't have to worry about oh man, <laughs> I'm not sure if if I if that house is going to fit. So I'm going to move out, but I might have to move back in to redo it. So it's one of those things where 
it's more or less double checking you as you're going. And then when you have a base and a rover, when you're done digging the basement, you can go back through there and you can reset all those points for the footing guys. And, and you can, you can charge your customers to do that with. So there's just a lot of things that the whole technology thing is, is, is coming really... into play that really, really important for an excavator. So I think I probably want to tour the technology area with you at ConExpo ConAg 2020. <laughs> I love it. Well, I, I, I don't know everything about technology, but I, I do know some things about technology in relation to the excavators. Yeah, I think it's great. works. So speaking of ConExpo ConAg, the show, it's coming up soon. And um, you're like a, a veteran of this show. How long have you been attending? You know, ever since I can remember. Um, <laughs> have you done the tally yet? My... How many shows you've been to? <laughs> no. I, I, I think the first show I went to was 19, probably like 1988. Okay. Right in there somewhere. Okay. 1990. I remember my dad. He was hauling equipment in to the show from the 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 port, um, the the port down at Long Beach, where a lot of these guys would ship their equipment in overseas, and then he would go to the port because we were he was based out of Southern California. He would oh, go to the I port, see. Yep. Yeah, pick up the equipment. And he would bring it up. Well, my my uncle, he has a a rock crushing business that uh, he started a long, long time ago. And so he would he would be selling crushers for these manufacturers where he would have to go to that the Conexpo deal as well. And so I'm pretty sure that I know that I was attending before I graduated high school, which was in 93. So I remember going to when I was maybe 14 or 15 years old. Wow. And so, what was your first I'm, memory I'm, at your very first show? Like, do you remember what was most exciting? You know, I was blown away by how big it was. Um, how much time we could spend just running around as kids, checking out all the different equipment and seeing all the different things that were offered. And, you know, just just seeing just how big it was. And you go, as a little kid, you go walk up to the Caterpillar uh, display and you have a, a D11 <laughs> there on display and you're like, wow, wow. that thing is just huge. <laughs> and, and, and since, and since they started a mine expo, so that stuff doesn't really ever make it to con expo, but you still see a lot of the big things. And I think I remember a lot of the big cranes. Yes. Um, it would be parked outside uh, on the outside lot. And right. Just how big, how big some of those were. Yeah. Trevor's but very excited to see the cranes. <laughs> yeah. Well, just as a, as a kid to see that stuff firsthand and not have to worry about being hurt, being around it, you know, that's, that was what was really cool to me. And ever since then, I've always, I've always wanted to go and being, being as how I live so close, whether it be Southern California or Utah, yep. I, I'm within, I'm within seven hour drive of where I live at right now to go to Vegas. That's so, great. And it's, it's like a 40-minute flight, an hour-long flight to go to Vegas. So 
it's very, very easy for me to go to Las Vegas. To get Vegas. over there. Yeah. And, so, you know, aside it, from proximity, what's kept you going back? Because, I mean, over 20 years of attending, you'd think, well, he's seen it all. <laughs> what's keeping you coming back? Well, you always have new technology coming out. You always have a new excavator coming out. You always have a new loader coming out. You know, you want to see the latest and greatest stuff. The reason why I went in 2017 was because I wanted to find a bucket that would tilt. I have I have a 308 cat excavator, and I, I had a 60-inch bucket for it that we absolutely loved, but it wouldn't tilt. So you had five feet of grading that it, if you weren't on the right angle, you weren't. You couldn't your, do it. Your grade was off. Yeah. Yeah. I went there to go find a, a, a tilt really what I wanted was a tilt hitch. So where it just, it just tilts the, the, the quick connect actually tilt the bucket or whatever attaches there. And so I went there and found a couple of them and got some pricing. And I thought, you know what, let me go look at the tilt rotators. Yeah. So I went and looked at the tilt rotators and started talking about that. And I also wanted to go because the technology side, right at the time I had just barely got into the GCS flex system. And I was super impressed with it. And I thought, you know, I want to go see what the latest and greatest is with Trimble. Yeah. And go, see, go see what TopCon has to offer. Just see kind of what's out there. And so I went and I, I checked out the TopCon stuff and I checked out the Trimble stuff. And that was when Trimble introduced the Earthworks platform. And I was already pretty familiar with the GCS Flex. And they started telling me what the Earthworks could do over what the flex could do and for me that was kind of a no-brainer it was a game changer wow yeah so between those two things the the tilt the tilting bucket and the technology side of it that was why i went and it probably wasn't a good thing that i went because i spent a bunch of money money (laughs) so maybe maybe i shouldn't bring trevor along um next year just kidding so so yeah, that... you really, you really should. You guys need to invest in some more technology. <laughs> so what I'm, what um, I'm thinking as I'm hearing you talk, what about for operators? Because I know there's a huge operating community out there getting excited about the show. What would be valuable um, for them that they they would really enjoy? Maybe they're not specifically shopping, um, but what kind of value would they find out of attending the show? You know, for me an operator has a lot of say in what they like and what they don't like. Definitely. Because I have to help make their job easier and they in return have to help to make their helpers job easier. Right. And whatever I can do to help them be more efficient. So for them to go to the show, I think is super important because they can see what is coming down the pipeline and what's new and what's, what, what could maybe be more, cost effective you know as an owner you walk around and you see all these different things but you may not be looking at it from the same perspective as what your employee or your operators might be looking at and you bring your whole team to the show and and it sounds like that's why then because they're able to give you insight yeah 2017 i actually brought some of my guys with me that's awesome Um, and we were there for all week and i actually paid their for them to be there. Uh, I, I paid them a 40 hour work week wow. and we, we went and we enjoyed the show and, and I wasn't with them the entire time, but 
you know, in the evening we would, we would get together and I, I remember one of my guys telling me, Hey, did you see this? And I said, no, <laughs> he brought out a brochure and he, he showed me what he was talking about. And I was like, wow, that's, that's actually very interesting. And we ended up exploring it and, and, uh, we didn't end up going through with any of it, but we got some ideas based off of what they saw. Right. What they thought was interesting. So yeah, there's, I think it's very important for the, for the operators to go to it because it makes them feel like they're part of the team and it feel like, makes them feel like they have some say in what, what you see and what you do. Right. And I, I personally think that it's a good thing for these companies out there that are trying to grow their businesses. And, you know, if they really want to put, you know, some effort into their guys and they want their guys to be successful for them. I think a little bit of an investment into taking them to something like this would mean a lot to the guys to do. Yeah, it would be. And I think that helps increase morale and, and, and teamwork, but it gives them value. And I've told some of the operators who have reached out on Instagram, well, our company, the owners don't go. And I said, still go, bring back value, you know, which only increases your value at the company you're at. So get out there no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's exactly right. They would, they would be amazed if they really take the time to walk through it. it. It takes a good solid three days to see the entire show. Yep. But if they take the time to walk through and to see the show and to see all the different things and not just go pay attention to the tractors, but go look <laughs> at the, the attachments, go look at the buckets, go look at the trucks, go look at the, the work trucks that are there, you know, look at the different technologies just kind of look at everything as a whole and, and yeah. take it all in and really think about how this would work with my part of the job or yeah. how maybe this will make, make my part of the job better or easier or quicker. And then you take that back to the owner and you really give him some good feedback. The owner looks at you as, okay, well, maybe this guy wants to be here. Maybe he's here for the company. Yeah. He wants a better place to work and he wants to help us make, make us more efficient. Definitely. So and it's that, giving value to both that, the operator why, and the owner. Yeah, that's why I think that that employees should should go just as just almost as much as what a, as a as the owner should go. Definitely. Well, I'm I'm, I'm definitely gonna take some of my guys with me. And I, we're going to try to take a few of our guys too, which we're really excited about. And, and we're trying to spread out the experience of guy we take. We want the seasoned veteran who's been around the block, but we want the new young guys that we have working really hard who might have their eye on on different things. So my next question was, what tips do you have for a first-timer at the show? But it sounds like your best tip is you got to see everything. <laughs> Two and a half million yeah, that, square feet. <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, um, go there with an agenda. Go there with, with a little bit of an outline of what you want to see. Okay. Um, if you want to see technology... You know, you, you go there and see the technology side of it. You, you go. I'm, I'm sure that Leica is going to be there. I'm sure that Topcom's will be there. Trimble will be there. You know, you, you get some of these other guys that that you you want to go see. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe you want to go see some of the tractors and, and see what what's new. You know, or you want like a work truck. You want to go see what what's what's new for work trucks and just go with an agenda and awesome. have a little bit of a list of of things you want to see yep, and then go get those done and then 
go and enjoy the show and see what else is there to yes. see. And there might be some things there that you maybe didn't realize were even available to you, but it's there at the show. And it's amazing what is there. If you can think about it, it's, and, and what could maybe make your job easier, it's probably there at the show. If you can dream it or think it, so, it's at Con Expo Con Ag. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. That's so great. Well, I love that your recommendation is go with an agenda. And I think the other part of that should be just bring you around with us. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I'm, 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 I'm happy to, to talk to people, to meet people. Awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because people don't want to approach you, but you know what? I'm just I'm just like every other person out there in this construction industry. Yeah, maybe I, I I'm I, I'm somebody who's important or popular on Instagram, but it doesn't make me any different than, than the next person out there. And I'm I'm no no better than anybody else. I love that. You know, that I'm happy, be approachable. I'm, I'm happy to talk. Yeah, I'm happy to talk to somebody and and spend you know 20 minutes, half hour with them, walk around with them, whatever. I'm. That's you awesome. Know, we, we have the same things in common, Track, tractors and dirt. You know, that's, <laughs> so let's do, that's, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. That's what makes our world go round. Right. Well, before we hit the fire round, I'd love to leave our audience with some wisdom from you because you've really been on every side of the industry. So one quick piece of advice for business owners just in general and one quick word of wisdom for operators. What would you leave them with? I would say for business owner. Don't be afraid to invest in a guy or guys who can really help your business to be better than it already is. Okay. Invest in the good guys. Don't be afraid to do that. That's that's really good advice because sometimes you can be afraid of that, but someone that knows more than you at something would really be an asset. So that's good. What about for the operators out there? Uh, advice for an operator? I, I would say learn as much as you can learn and make sure that you implement what you're learning every day and every day try and make yourself better. And one thing I was told by my former employer was always leave a job cleaner than the way you found it. That's great. Uh, If if you found it clean, leave it cleaner. Mm -hmm. Um, When you leave a job, grade it out, grade it out, make it look nice. Don't just, don't just think, Oh, you know what? It looks okay. It's going to get run over by a great all or a forklift or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, that doesn't matter. It's, it's all about, it's all about your presence and the appearance and, yeah. and how you leave things. Take, take pride in what you do. That's great advice. So to end um, our session here, our conversation here today, we have a rapid fire round. Just a few quick questions <laughs> that are nice and fun. The last question's my favorite, but tell me quick, what was your very first job? Very first job was working for my dad, just doing odd jobs here and there. The uh, odd job. <laughs> for, the, for the business he used to work for. I love it. How about so, your first car? First car was a 1989 Ford Ranger. <laughs> Good one. If you weren't <laughs> doing dirt work, what would you be doing? I'd be doing something with sales. Something with sales or sleeping. <laughs> Taking a nap. Sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a nap taker. No, no, not like me. So you'd be in some sort of sales role, no matter what. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be, I'd do some sales. Yep. That's great. Okay, now what song gets you pumped up when you hop in the excavator in the morning? 
Um, you know what? I like Foster the People, Pumped Up Kick. Okay. That's, a good That's one. one of my favorite songs. And who is the person that you wish you could have dinner with? Any person in the world, past or present? I don't know. I don't. I don't really get. I don't really get deep like that. No. no <laughs> nobody really. I don't. I don't really look up any celebrities. Nobody really floats my boat, kind of a thing. It just, you know, I. I feel like we're all human beings. Yeah, that's great. If, if there's any one more influential person than another, you know, you, you hope that that. Uh, you can learn from them, but quite honestly, there's just not really any one person that I would really want to have dinner with that, you know, stands out in my mind, honestly. Awesome. So everyone's invited to dinner, all the listeners. That's right. <laughs> We're all That's going right. to the same table at Connex Volconag. Um, you already answered what your favorite piece of equipment was and why. But here's my favorite question. What is your favorite gas station food? Because that's just part of our life. <laughs> What's your go-to gas station food and drink? <laughs> no, honestly, uh, there's these places here in Utah called Maverick, and they're their gas station convenience store, and they have this licorice <laughs> that is so dang good. It's 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 called Wild Wallaby. Okay, and Wild it's Wallaby. Like a strawberry, yeah, it's like a it's like an Australian brand type of licorice and it is so good it it's it's addicting like whenever i go into that store i usually come out with a bag of them and you load up it's like a yeah it, it's not something you should eat in one day let alone one sitting but <laughs> in about 20 minutes i've got it gone i love it well i'll have to so, try that when we're out in that area <laughs> so so that that and a big uh and a big jug of water i'll 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 bring you I'll, I'll bring you one of those uh, those packages of licorice. Bring me some wild <laughs> wallaby to the show, and then you'll know what that means. Well, Ryan, I just wanted to say thank you so much, first, for all you contribute to the construction community online. I mean, you really share so much. It's made your Instagram account and your YouTube channel so unique that you're just a sharer of the knowledge you've learned. But I also appreciate you taking the time out of your of your busy schedule. I mean, you literally just hopped out of the machine to get on this call just to share your background and wisdom and advice on how to maximize our time at Con Expo Con Ag 2020. So thank you so much again, and we're really excited to see you and your team at the show. You bet. Thanks for your time, Missy, of and appreciate course. being a... We'll see you in Vegas. Okay. Yes, you will. Sounds good. Can't <laughs> With wait. Wild Wallaby. Have a great day, Ryan. Okay. Thank you, too. Yep. Bye-bye. And that's going to wrap up this edition of Con Expo Con Ag Radio. If you like the show and think other people should listen, too, Make sure to subscribe and maybe leave a review on iTunes. We'll be back next time with another great guest. Until that time, be sure to visit conexpoconag.com slash subscribe to sign up for our weekly e-newsletter. More than 30,000 other construction industry pros are already receiving news and insights to move their business forward. <laughs>